Hello again, everyone. It's Mark Stenson here. How many people have a great creative idea or project that they've been putting off launching into the world? Well, today, that's what our podcast is all about. Understanding creativity as a skill that we all can learn, develop, and apply. And in this new world economy with information and platforms available to almost everyone, creativity is the most valuable asset you can possess and the best way to get ahead. So today we're going to learn how to stop waiting and get it out there. This is the podcast where we're unlocking your world of creativity. Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. In many episodes of the podcast, we hear interviews with some of the world's leading creative talent from publishing, film, animation, music, hospitality, medical research, and more. But in today's episode, I want to share with you an excerpt from my book, Forward Fast Branding, and specifically chapter four, Overcoming Obstacles to Your Brand Acceleration. And so almost like an audiobook today, I'd like to share with you some insights from this chapter, some excerpts that I think will be meaningful to you if you've run into hurdles, if you fell into potholes, if you have been stuck getting your creative project moving. Anyone can use Forward Fast as a how-to manual, but it's more than a checklist for you to tick off as you complete your branding. As I stress, this is as much an art as it is a science. Now, as I discussed in previous chapters, one of the keys to making Forward Fast work is a focused, cross-functional team. Because of that, there are some inherent risks involved, which are related to the difficulties in engaging a full team and the in-team dysfunctions that might arise. All these elements must be in balance for the successful execution of this model, which is a lot to juggle. Of primary importance is a well-functioning team. Many books and resources exist for forging effective teams, including Lencioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team. He shares a series of pitfalls that teams typically run into. Each one builds on the next. And if you're not careful, the entire enterprise can fall apart and be so dysfunctional, it might as well fall apart. I prefer to switch this around and observe things from the opposite perspective. How can each one of these aspects be applied to build a better team? Well, using Lencioni's words, a team needs trust, conflict, commitment, accountability, and attention to results. Let's take each one of these in kind. Number one, trust. Trust is the ability to feel comfortable with vulnerability among team members. Innovation comes from openness, and I strive to make my people feel free to make mistakes, show weaknesses, admit to skill deficiencies, and interpersonal shortcomings. And most of all, can they ask for help? What happens in a team that shares trust is that instead of focusing on strategic defensiveness, they work together to get the job done. Time is better spent, meetings are more productive, morale is higher. The key to making this work is a culture of trust in the workplace, and that begins with yours truly, setting the tone and the example. I have to be willing to admit to mistakes in front of the team, and I can't punish team members for exhibiting vulnerability. Number two, conflict. Productive conflict helps teams grow. 
for conflict to be productive, it must be centered around concepts and ideas rather than personal issues. This kind of conflict helps a team work out ideas for the best result. In the branding business, this should be easy, but often there is a tendency to focus on speaking for oneself instead of for the customer. Passion and emotion play a huge role in conflict and in the discussion of how to best proceed. So I strive to make team members feel comfortable sharing their true opinions. However, just because there is emotion involved, there should not be feelings of anger at the end of the debate. The benefit to productive conflict is that it gets the issues out on the table and solved, rather than letting them linger and crop up again and again throughout the life of the project. Again, I see my role as a facilitator to promote productive conflict. If I constantly act as a peacekeeper, then no one wins. One of the best examples of productive conflict is work within co-marketing partners. In a typical co-marketing arrangement, one big company and one small company are working together on the brand effort of a major product. Sometimes these companies will have conflicting goals, but I found that creating a strong brand purpose and a brand platform helps everyone work together on common strategy. With this foundation, the partners can more productively work through their differences. Number three, commitment. Effective teams are committed to the group goals and to the customer's benefit. In the health industry, there are additional commitments to good health. Decisions of an effective team are made succinctly and clearly, and even those who voted against the chosen course of action go along with the decision because they know their opposition has been heard and considered. Effective teams move forward on a decision without any uncertainty that it will work because they know the team will work together to make it happen. That is commitment to the goals. Team members act decisively and work effectively towards the goals the team set. In order to promote commitment on my teams, I encourage them to take calculated risks. Every day I push my teams to stay on target with schedules and event plans. Number four, accountability. Accountability means the ability and the willingness of team members to call their peers on their mistakes. And going back to trust, the team members must be willing to admit their mistakes. The key here is not about assessing blame or figuring out where the buck stops. I encourage my teams to self-manage, but I also keep them accountable using data, metrics, and timelines. A results-oriented team knows what the benchmarks are for success, and they constantly pay attention where the team stands in relation to those benchmarks. Team members should focus on improving the quality of the brand experience. Again, in my case, I have to set the tone, objectively evaluating the team and the individuals based on results and giving out rewards based on performance. Another potential roadblock small teams bring, you can't wait until everything is perfect or even complete in this model, so you must develop a staged rollout. This creates a potential for danger of running with scissors. Too many components are on the edge of failure. Employees feel like they're one step away from eventual doom. It can be rough on morale, but if you're careful, what it takes is planning, calm, and a great team. Now, the nice thing about these factors of effective teams is that they build on one another. You can start with trust 
developing that openness to being vulnerable. People who are open with their feelings are able to engage in productive conflict about issues and projects. Those teams that bring up their conflict issues are more able to be committed to the outcomes. Number five, attention to results. Finally, if all of the above are in place, the teams will be focused on results. Each member of the team has a stake in the outcome, and each person feels that they have a hand in the outcome. Successes can be celebrated together, and failures can be a learning experience. Now, I'll add beyond the five dysfunctions that Lencioni describes, there's one more personal frustration of mine, and that's the W word. The W word is waiting. It makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Wasting is more like it. In fact, I banned the use of the W word in my office. It became kind of a tongue-in-cheek way of clarifying the attitude I wanted employees to have. Waiting implied passivity. I'm waiting for them to call me back. I'm waiting to get a meeting with them. I'm waiting to get approval. It's all passive. It's reactive, and it's a waste of time. What I wanted to elicit with this word ban is an attitude of proactivity. Instead of waiting for them to call you back, plan in advance the time when they're scheduled to call you back. Instead of waiting to get a meeting, take the meeting to them. Instead of waiting for approval, schedule a review meeting. It's all about controlling the action and planning for the future, rather than letting things fall where they may. No more waiting. In any business, there are speed bumps, little things that don't necessarily stop progress, but they prevent going forward fast. And the design branding business is no different. These speed bumps sound pretty basic, and they continue to crop up time and time again. The quality, product failures, regulatory issues, contract suppliers, each has their own characteristics and brings its own concerns, but each can be anticipated and planned for. So there's an excerpt from chapter four of my book, Forward Fast Branding. I really think that moving forward fast could be fraught with threats and obstacles. It does take a tight, effective team that's cross-functional and able to work often at running speeds. But these pitfalls can be overcome, and the notion of timing and sometimes luck have a close relationship with how well your implementation works. So I hope you enjoyed this exploration of the impact of potential obstacles on moving forward fast, but also that you gain some insight and inspiration on how you can overcome those obstacles to get your creative work out into the world. So I hope you'll join me again next time for another episode where we'll talk about improving your ability to think creatively, overcoming obstacles, and having more fun with your projects and your team. This has been Mark Stenson. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or check out my website at www.mark-stenson.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2020.